Hello, this is Jay Barris of Sidley Austin with the Mutual Fund Minute. Why me and why now? That is usually the first thing an investment advisor asks when the Securities and Exchange Commission's Division of Examinations comes knocking on the door. To be sure, there's never a good time for a regulatory examination. But understanding why the SEC chooses particular advisors for examinations at any given time could help the advisor better prepare for the inevitable. In an unusual move, the SEC opened the door a crack to give advisors a peek at their examination selection process. Today, Mutual Fund Minute looks at how the Division of Examinations determines which advisors to examine, when, and the scope of those examinations. With me today is Rana S. Smiley, a partner in Sidley Austin's Global Securities Enforcement and Regulatory Practice based in Washington, D.C. Rana, there are more than 15,000 registered investment advisors in the United States managing more than $115 trillion in assets. The Division of Examination says it examines about 15% of all investment advisors each year, and that includes U.S. and non-U.S. advisors. How and when does the Division of Examinations choose to examine has been a bit of a mystery. What's changed? Thanks, Jay. Perhaps not surprisingly, the division starts with a risk-based approach to select which advisors it's going to examine, as well as the scope of that examination. What's changed is that the Division of Examinations shed some light on its inner workings when it published a risk alert in September of 2023, describing how it assesses risks, how it scopes examinations, and how it decides what documents to request. It's really quite illuminating. Well, how does the risk-based approach work? Is it consistent? The division calls its risk-based approach dynamic. That is, the process adapts to changes in market conditions, industry practices, and investor preferences. For example, the division says it may select an advisor to evaluate risks at a particular firm to respond to broader market risks that pop up to see how firms adapt to new regulatory requirements. How do they go about doing that? In recent years, the SEC has increased the amounts and kinds of information it collects from investment advisors, including private fund advisors, using forms ADV and PF. They then leverage technology to analyze large sets of industry-wide data and data from specific firms to help identify potential risks. To be sure, the SEC is getting good at processing large amounts of data. Once they have this data, how do they use it to assess risks and scope examinations? Let's start with how they select particular firms to examine. Sure. The SEC may have all kinds of reasons, Jay, to identify a particular firm to examine. In the risk alert, the division says they consider a number of factors. For example, they look at a particular firm's risk characteristics, or they may follow up on a tip or a complaint, or they may be interested in a particular compliance area. What compliance areas are they focused on right now? There is little mystery here. Each year, the Division of Examinations publishes a list of its priorities, identifying areas it believes pose potential risks to investors and the capital markets in general. The division says that when choosing examination candidates, it looks at which advisors provide services that fall into those categories. Right now, what are they looking at? True to their word, Jay, the division has been examining mutual fund advisors to assess 
how they comply with Rule 18F4, which is the derivatives rule, and Rule 2A5, which is the valuation rule. They are also looking at how advisors comply with the custody rule and the liquidity risk management rule. Yes, we'll have more on that later, but right now I'd like to note that the Division of Examinations has already published its examination priorities for 2024. We'll summarize those exam priorities in a Mutual Fund Minute episode coming soon. Meanwhile, please explain the other factors the Examinations Division currently considers. If you can, some examples, please. The SEC may toss a lot of other factors into the mix, Jay, when deciding who to examine. For example, they look at the nature of an advisor's business and whether it could lead to conflicts of interest. They may also look at how the advisor fared in prior examinations and whether they believe that the advisor is a repeat offender. So we'll take it. What kind of conflicts are we talking about here? For example, advisors that are registered as broker-dealers or advisors that are affiliated with broker-dealers may fall into an examination priority when the staff believes that conflicts of interest may arise, especially when fees are involved. Anything else that you want to think about that we should be thinking about? Sometimes an advisor has not been examined in a long time, and the staff may feel that the time is right for a new examination. That is especially true if the advisor has grown its assets under management or has had recent changes in management. The division may also respond to articles about a particular investment advisor that they read about in the news or to a tip from an employee or an investor complaint. They also look, Jay, at whether an advisor has access to client or investor assets. Well, how does the division scope out its examinations? The scope of an examination can really turn on any number of factors. These include the nature of the advisor's business and the staff's assessment of the risk presented. The division has said that examinations typically review an advisor's operations, disclosures, conflicts of interest and compliance practices, especially concerning areas like custody of assets, valuation, fees and expenses, best execution, among others. The staff then digs into the documents of the advisor to really understand potential risks and conflicts of interest and how well the advisor's compliance programs and procedures are operating. Well, no one really likes to receive an examination document request, I would think. These are usually pretty extensive, aren't they? Really depends on the nature of the examination. Sometimes the staff will focus on a narrow area, but Yes, if the exam staff wants to do a deep dive into a particular advisor, it will ask the advisor to produce a long list of documents, including compliance policies and procedures and empirical data to allow the SEC to do its own testing. As part of its risk alert, the staff published a list of requests it typically issues to investment advisors during an examination. Well, now we know what the SEC is doing behind the doors here, but On the other side, how can investment advisors best prepare for an examination that they know will come? Investment advisors should be prepared for the SEC to knock on the door at any time. They can take steps like reviewing the risk alert and exam priorities and collecting requested documents or at least developing an inventory of where to find the information on short notice. Keeping this type of information can be challenging but can also be a lifesaver. So advisors don't have to scramble on short deadlines to produce documents to the SEC examination staff. Well, we know the SEC is going to ask about compliance with the federal securities laws. Are there any other laws advisors should be concerned about? 
Now, there's also Murphy's Law, J, which says that SEC examinations always come at the worst possible moment, so it helps to be prepared. Thank you, Rana. This is Jay Barris with Sidley Austin and here with the Mutual Fund Minute.